I'm Nadell, and I want to welcome you to Beyond the Booty podcast. I have a passion to see women thrive and take control of our health, our hearts, our identity, and our life. This podcast will focus on identity, relationships, faith, health, and so much more. It will be a place where women are encouraged to discover our worth and empowers us to thrive whole and healed in a society that celebrates brokenness. I'm so happy you've joined the conversation. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Beyond the Booty podcast. My name is Nadal. I have a special guest today, Russ McMahon. He is a certified personal trainer, has 11 years of experience in the fitness world. I decided to do this podcast because so many of you have asked me how I got fit. I posted an Instagram and Facebook post today um, that shows some of my before and afters. I also have a blog post talking about my story specifically on beyondthebooty.com along with a lot of before and after pictures. So you really get to see my fitness journey and learn a little bit more about that. But it's been a real learning experience for me, um, which is why I wanted to have Russ here today. Uh, in all transparency, Russ and I are dating. Yes, <laughs> so yes, we are. he was nice enough to agree to offer um, this great information for free. This is something he normally charges for. Um, but the great thing about this is that there's going to be some practical tips that you can really implement today to kickstart your health journey. I believe our bodies are our temple. I believe that we are called not just to take care of our mental health, but also our physical health and mental, physical, and spiritual all kind of go hand in hand when one is healthy, it feeds into the rest. So with that being said, I'm going to, uh, you know, give it up to Russ here and let him introduce himself to all of you. And then uh, we'll, we'll get into some great information for you. So Russ, thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Like you said, I've been in the fitness world for 11 years. I've been doing one-on-one personal training full-time for the last six. Awesome. Yeah, I, I really wanted to have you specifically. One, because I stand behind this man. He has actually given me results that I have not been able to get on my own or with other trainers. He's not the first trainer I've had. He's actually the third trainer I've had. Um, but he's been the first one that I've actually gotten incredible results with as far as shaping my body and knows a ton about different things from supplements to nutrition to pretty much everything under the anything sun. and everything related to fitness <laughs> absolutely so how did you get there i know that you have a very unique story i would love for you to share that with the audience how did you first get into fitness tell us your personal story because it's so impactful well i uh about 11 years ago now stepped on the scale and saw that i was 317 pounds wow and seeing that number struck a chord of fear in my heart. I, I was afraid that I might die young. I was afraid that I wouldn't be able to have a happy life. I was afraid that I wouldn't be able to do all of the things that I wanted to do. It had limited my energy, my activity. Um, I was cloudy all the time. I wasn't sleeping well. Like A whole host of problems come with being that kind of weight. So that day I made the decision that my life wasn't going to be about that any longer. I was going to take it upon myself to drop that weight and change my life. And from that day forward, it kind of started this whole crazy journey. 
That's incredible. Yeah, I have a similar story, as you know. Um, but I write about this on the blog, like I said, with before and after pictures. But I had a similar journey. Mine was a little bit different. I was a caregiver, had had really let myself go through a very hard time um, and gained 30 pounds of fat. And Oof. I did that through just eating cheesecake all the time and, and eating fast food and anything that was fast, really anything right. that I could just do quickly so that I can move on with a demanding career. And so I completely know what you mean by that. I was sick all the time as well. I write about that and, and the impact that that had on me. So after I did become a widow, um, I looked at myself in the mirror and didn't recognize who was looking back at me, but that's so easy. People are so caught up with work and kids and demanding careers and so many other things that are going on that, you know, there's gotta be a way for this to become a lifestyle and not another fad diet that doesn't work. Well, that's, that's really the key right there is it has to be a lifestyle. The fad diet thing doesn't work. I went up and down with my weight, fluctuating a hundred pounds. Um, I, I tried crash diet in the beginning, uh, you know, 800 calories, running every day, all of this crazy stuff that I, I had seen online to help you lose weight fast. And I did, I lost all the weight. I got down to 190 pounds, but it was the least happy that I had ever been. I was happier overweight than I was at that weight. My body looked terrible. I looked pale. I felt sick. So I gained all of the weight back. And that's kind of how a lot of those fad diets work is you get this crash, you get to drop the weight, but then everything comes right back. Yeah. None of it sticks around because it's not a lifestyle. It's not sustainable. Right. That's the key to making a lasting change is sustainability. It's what are some of the fad diets that you tried? Because I know that we've oh. all tried them. I did the same thing. I was eating about 900 calories and going to the gym twice a day. Um, and I, although I love that I was losing the weight, number one, it wasn't sustainable. Number two, I had no energy. And so, um, and my skin was freaking out. I was breaking out. I had acne all over my back and so many other things were happening because I, I was eliminating whole food groups. I mean, right, I, was, right. I was just doing all kinds of things. So what are some of the fad diets that you tried? Oh man, I did the, uh, what did I do? Atkins for a minute. That was rough. That's bad for your body. It's, it's like keto, but suicide keto. So okay. it, it, it drives your body hardcore into starvation mode which is kind of what we both go through when we do those super low calorie diets, your body reacts to that really poorly. You get this constant stress response that kicks into overdrive. You get the acne, your hair starts to fall out, you're tired. doesn't matter how much you sleep, you never get rest. So I did that one. Um, I even did Weight Watchers for a little bit. Oh, wow. Counting points. Yes. Fruit, <laughs> fruit is no points despite all of the sugar in it. So That's incredible. That's yes, incredible. All the nonsense that's out there. Yeah. So it sounds like, you know, I've read a statistic once that says that um, – People that are obese, which you were, you were pretty, I was you were very. obese with all, with all due respect. <laughs> Capital um, O. Yeah. People that, you know, have a lot of weight to lose often can't sustain it for years to come. Is that true? Have you read that? Yeah. It's, uh, well, the stat is what? One in, one in 1700 people or something will yeah. actually keep the weight off. Well, yeah. It's like 1.7% or somewhere in that neighborhood. And it's not for lack of trying. It's definitely not for lack of trying. No, it's so poor information. It's poor information, yeah. absolutely. No so. guidance. And 
There's, there's just a wealth of bad information out there. Well, it's a big money maker for. It's a huge money maker. <laughs> it's a people. billion dollar industry. Yeah, which is why I'm grateful that you're here sharing this information for free because yes. you do sell programs. I do, um, and you do sell your talents as you should. This Absolutely. is what you do full time for a living. Um, so tell people a little bit about who your clients are, and then if they did want to reach out to you, how does that happen? So I have trained just about every type of person that you can imagine from 15-year-old high school athletes to 82-year-old women who just want to have mobility in their shoulders again. I've done everything. Um, The best for me is um, 30 to 40-year-old women is kind of like my, uh, what do you want to call it, my sweet spot. They're the easiest to work with my talents line up with their goals most of the time. So that's kind of my, my market right now. And you can find me on uh, www.dynamis-fit.com. Okay, and I'll link to that so you'll have that information. Um, but moving on, let's talk about some of the basics. Everyone's excited to hear about, you know, what can I start doing today? What are some categories that you would say we need to focus on to really just kickstart a healthy life for people that may know things about fitness, a healthy lifestyle, or may not know anything that, you know, this is the first time they've heard about, you know, some basic things that they can do. What are some categories that you would say these are some things we have to focus on. Um, nutrition's number one for sure. That that makes up the majority of your success. Uh, hydration, sleep, exercise, and then towards the bottom, tailing off is supplementation. Okay, so you would say those are the five categories that we should at least do something in. Yeah, that, that you can address tomorrow morning. Okay, you, know, you can wake up and make some changes in all of those categories. Yeah, so we're gonna talk about each of those categories. We're not gonna leave you guys hanging. Um, we're going to talk about each of these categories and really go through what you should be doing for exercise, nutrition, sleep, supplements, and hydration. hydration. So. Um, Let's talk about exercise because I think there's a lot of misinformation around exercise. You know, what should I be doing? Should I be lifting weights? Should I be doing CrossFit? Should I be running? Should I be walking? Um, You know, a lot of people don't know exactly what to do. Other people think, you know, if I have to go to a gym, it's really intimidating. I know I felt like that when I first started. Um, I was overweight. I had no idea what I was doing. I'd never really been in a gym to do anything outside of a cardio machine. And so when I first started, it was extremely intimidating for me to walk in and get started. So talk to me about exercise. What can people do? What are some easy things to get started? Well, whatever you enjoy, really, as far as getting started goes, if you like to go for a walk, then make sure you go for a walk every day, 30 minutes, something like that outside, just walk around. If you like to run, run. Whatever you're going to do consistently is going to be the best thing for you to start with. And then you can go from there. Uh, personally, I didn't have a gym membership for the first four years of my my fitness journey. I bought the equipment at Walmart or Target, and I worked out in my home. Everything I did, I did in my home. What did you do? I had a set of dumbbells and a $90 Gold's Gym bench that I bought from Walmart one day. So that was pretty much my equipment selection for the okay. first couple of years. So if someone does want to just go to Target or one of these stores and get some dumbbells, can they get started at home? What would you suggest they do? So give us an idea of what people can do at home versus a gym. And I know you can't go through an entire workout with people on this podcast, 
but what are some basic things that people can do to get started to maybe just, you know, start moving? The first thing I would do actually is none of those things. I would YouTube yoga videos and start working on your mobility, work on your stretching, just get moving for a little bit. Some of those yoga videos are pretty tough and you can do them in your living room. You don't need anything but your smartphone. Okay. Yeah, that's the best way to start. Okay. Why 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 is that the best way to start? Cuz it's you these days people aren't very mobile. A lot of people sit at their office, they sit at a desk all day long. They're sitting constantly, so their hips get tight, their legs get tight, their back gets tight. Things like yoga and stretching are going to help to get you ready for the things that you're going to take on as you continue to go. Plus, it's going to be a really good workout for you right now, and your body's going to feel better for it. You're going to be less sore, you're going to be less tired, and then when you decide to go pick up some dumbbells and stuff, you're going to actually be able to do the movements pain-free for the most part. Okay. Now, what about people that are intimidated by the gym? That's a lot of people. Uh, what would you say? That's everybody. What would you say to those people? Go anyway. Okay. Everybody that's in there is working out. Nobody in there is going to look at you and judge you. Everybody's there for the same reason that you are there. And everybody who's in there started somewhere else. Nobody is exempt from having a beginning to their story. Yeah. And they're not going to sit there and look at you and look down on you for yours. Yeah. When I started, I Googled uh, bicep exercises and I would write down five bicep exercises in a notebook. And then I Googled tricep exercises and chest and back and legs, all the main muscle groups. And I would write down three to five exercises for each one. And for probably a year and a half, I did those same exercises until I perfected them. (laughs) And I mean, that's really what I did until I got comfortable enough, started shedding the weight and started to see some baby muscles pop out. Um, and then that that just, that confidence builds on itself. For sure. So over time, I got more comfortable with the gym and more comfortable with the gym. But in the beginning, I was finding every corner in the gym that there was so that I could hide behind a pillar. Um, or... Most commercial gyms nowadays have the studios and stuff that are separated from the actual gym floor. They're aware that people are intimidated when they come in. So the layout is is set up uh, to give you a place to go when you don't want to be around everybody else. Yeah. There's always a hallway or a nook or a cranny or something in there that you can take the dumbbells, the kettlebells, the medicine balls and just go work out. Yeah. On your own without a, another person around you. And then, of course, I know some people love to do classes. Yep. What do you think about classes? Classes are great. Okay. Um it's a social aspect to working out that can help people stay motivated. You keep coming back because you start to develop friendships in these classes. And then you have accountability partners. And accountability is the one thing that usually trips up people early on. If nobody's expecting you to go to the gym, it's very easy to say, I'm not going to go to the gym. You actually tell me this all the time. You, the days I don't want to go because, believe it or not, there's many days I don't want to go. And in all transparency, I haven't gone to the gym in the last two weeks just because I've been busy and lazy. (laughs) Yes, the Y words. (laughs) Yes, yes, busy and lazy. Um, I think I went twice in the last two weeks, but you always say, just go anyway, just just commit to five minutes, and if after five minutes you wanna leave, then leave. Absolutely, you're starting to build a habit, and habits are the key to long-term success. If you don't make these things habits, if they're just things that you do every now and then, then you're going to fail. Yeah. Nine out of 10 times you're going to fail. There's that one person who can get by just doing whatever. Yeah. 
but you need to make it a habit. So if you make driving to the gym a habit, showing up at the gym, walking in, checking in with your key card or your phone number, whatever it is at your gym, you're not going to stay there for only five minutes, first of all. But second of all, you're creating a habit. I mean, you might. I have. <laughs> well, truth be told, I've done that too. I think. I think. I've walked uh, into a gym, done one exercise, and left before. Yeah, so. exactly. We all have those days, yeah. which which is really important to talk about because even when you're healthy and fit, you're gonna have moments through life. If this is in fact a lifestyle and not a fad, where you're gonna go through periods. For example, when I broke my leg, I could not get motivated to get back in the gym for weeks on end. It's okay. The point is to do what you can, find a way to get motivated, go, and like you said, create that habit. That habit is going to be key to anything. I mean, think about us doing work or podcasts or anything that we do. Um, It's that habit that really makes you successful in life. Yeah, if you create a habit of getting up 20 minutes earlier in the morning than you normally would and driving to the gym, that habit's gonna carry you a long way. It's gonna get you in the gym every day, it's going to get you out of bed earlier. It's going to give you a little bit more time. It's just a positive habit all around. But you have to get up and go. You have to do it. You have to make yourself do it. It takes about six weeks for a habit to take hold, roughly. Yeah. So you have to do it every day for six weeks. Right. Just show up. Yeah. So let's just recap exercise. Find something fun that you like to do. It doesn't matter what it is in the beginning. It doesn't matter. Once you start to have very specific goals, then you can kind of fine tune. Like if I want to build more muscle, obviously I'm going to have to then move towards doing some type of weight training if I was doing classes before, for example. However, to start to really just ingrain this into what you do every single day and create that habit, find something you like to do. Yeah, get excited about it. Yeah, absolutely. So... Um, find something you like to do, get moving, try yoga for stretching, yoga. <laughs> especially if you haven't moved in a very long time, you can hurt yourself. Um, um, side note to that, if you've been really sedentary for most of your life and you've been f- had a fairly unhealthy lifestyle, please, please, please make sure you check with your doctor before you start an exercise regimen. Yes. Check with your doctor before you try anything that we're talking about, um, whether it's hydration or supplements or nutrition, because there's different allergies out there. Some people shouldn't be drinking gallons of water, regardless of what Instagram tells you. Um, (laughs) Most people shouldn't be drinking gallons of water. Right. That's dangerous. Definitely talk to your um, doctor no matter what before you start any type of nutrition or fitness program. So the next thing I want to talk about, because I think this is, you know, when we talk about basics, it's diet and exercise. And there's a reason why those two things are the basics, because you always say it's the the basics are the basics because they work. (laughs) They're the effective things. Exactly. So let's talk about meal preparation, meal planning and nutrition. Um, Why is this something that's crucial to a successful, healthy lifestyle? Well, if you're going to be changing your life, if you're going to be changing your activity level, if you're just looking to make this your lifestyle, what you put into your body is very important. Your body cannot operate at its optimum levels on junk, processed foods, ramen, you know, whatever it is that you buy in the middle of the aisles at the store. You have to put good whole foods in there. You have to get those vitamins and minerals that your body needs for everyday things. Yeah. 
Now, we have a lot of listeners that are moms. And being around my sister and other moms, I know that they're struggling to even get a meal to eat <laughs> half of yes. the time. The other half of the time, they're just picking off of their kid's plate because you know their kids don't want what we're suggesting people eat. So it can become very, very challenging. So what's, what is a tip or trick that people can do to make sure that they are successful? Prepare. Get your food set. Uh, pick one day of the week where you have a couple of hours that you can make your food for the week. Put it in Pyrex, stick it in the fridge so that it's ready to go. The less time you have to spend trying to figure out what you're going to eat or how to make it, the better off you're going to be. Yeah. And that, that holds true for all of us. I prep for sure. I prep twice a week, um, but that's because I'm working from home currently. When I wasn't working from home and I was on the road 90% of the time, I would land in the city that I was going to be in for the next you know, four or five days. I'd go to Whole Foods. I'd buy rotisserie chicken, a bunch of vegetables, and I would even meal prep in my hotel room. I was that serious about my health. And so preparation is so key. I mean, even with us, if we bring home you know, bad food like Doritos or ice cream and it's in the pantry or it's in the fridge, we're going to eat it. So everybody's going to. So, if it's not in your house, you can't put it in your mouth. Yeah. So rule number one, don't buy the things that you don't want to eat. If it's in your house, you're going to eat it. No one has that much willpower. Yeah. No willpower matter. is a finite resource. <laughs> <laughs> you talked to me a lot about um, allowing yourself a cheat. And you were successful because you allowed yourself a cheat. I want you to talk about that because a lot of people, when they start this lifestyle, think okay, I have to eat broccoli and Brussels sprouts and bland chicken for the rest of my life, eliminate food groups. How am I ever going to do this? Can you give us a realistic look at what you can eat? I mean, you talk a lot about not eliminating whole food groups and allowing yourself things that make you happy and not eating bland food. So can you can you go into some detail about that? Well, that's all... A, a big part of that is the mental aspect of it, right? So elimination feels like punishment. And the more you punish yourself, the less likely you are to stick to something because it's not fun. You, like we just said, willpower is a finite resource. Eventually you're going to run out. If you spend every day telling yourself that you can't have this and you can't have that and you can't have this, one day is gonna come where you are out of willpower and you're going to jump right back off that wagon. You're gonna start eating the Doritos again. You're gonna be stopping at Taco Bell. You're gonna be getting the fast food. You're gonna be ordering pizza. You have to have a strategy in place so that you know somewhere in your week or somewhere in your day, you have this treat. So you know it's there. You don't have to think about it. You don't have to think, I can't have these things. You just think, I have this later. And it, it, it's a really big mental crutch. It helped me ridiculous amount. Um, every Sunday, I had an entire pizza. That was my cheat. Every single week, every Sunday, a whole large pizza. I knew that was coming. So when something came up that I wasn't supposed to eat, it was easy to not do it because I knew what was coming. You, I, I'm a firm believer that you have to have that. Yeah. There's plenty of people out there that say cheat meals are bad. They set you up for failure, but I do not agree with that. I don't agree with that either. I think cheat meals also, I, and I don't know if this is true physiologically or 
with science, but I felt like when I had a cheat meal, it allowed my body, like my body looked better the next day when I took in a bunch of sugar when I was eating consistently clean. Well, when you take in a big spike of carbohydrates like that, your muscles look fuller. Oh, okay. They fill up, they get, they look bigger, they look a little bit more defined. Yeah. You know, everything looks a little bit harder, so to say. Yeah, I like. So it. there, there is some, <laughs> there's some physiological evidence for that. That does happen. Yeah. Um, I've actually seen Russ, I've seen you um, write in gummy bears for people in a meal plan because they just looked at you and said, I don't know how I'm ever going to do this because I can't give up gummy bears. So you wrote it into their nutrition plan. Yeah, because he's going to stick to that plan because he gets to still have his gummy bears. (laughs) But you just limit it to, you know, 10 gummy bears a day. Well, no, it's more about where you put it in that meal plan. So that one that you're talking about was for that guy. I put the gummy bears after his workout. So he gets to eat a fair amount. He gets to eat like 20 gummy bears, but he's eating it after his workout where the negative impact of that sugar is going to be non-existent. It's going to be all benefit. To why the body. is that? Can you tell us why that because is? Because that spike in insulin post-workout drives those nutrients that you're taking in after your workout into the muscle. Okay. So are you suggesting that if we want to have a cookie or 24 gummy bears that doing it after our workout pretty much negates everything? Let's not get (laughs) too crazy with this. Now, it's a strategy. So gummy bears are all sugar. There's no fat. There's nothing like that. It's all sugar. Okay. And that's kind of what you're looking for in a post-workout cheat. So for me, it was pixie sticks. Oh, wow. This didn't count as a cheat meal. This didn't count as any kind of cheat. This is just like, to me, it was a post-workout supplement. I would eat a handful of pixie sticks after every single workout. And that would give me the, the carbs I needed to drive the nutrients into the muscle to start that repair and re- restore that glycogen store. Okay. So let's talk about realistically, what should people be eating? What should people be buying? What do you recommend that people are eating most of the time? Most of the time, um, lean proteins are good. Uh, turkey, chicken, fish, stuff like that. You, you want to shop the outside of the grocery store. You want to stay out of the middle as much as you can. So you want to hit the produce section. You want bright colors, bright greens, reds, purples, yellows, oranges. The brighter the color, the, the higher the nutrient content. So you, you want to stay away from things that are pale, things like lettuce, like iceberg lettuce. It's basically white. There's nothing in there but water. So you want dark, dark colored vegetables and and fruit. And then you want the lean proteins. You kind of want to stay away from the red meat as much as you can. So chicken, uh, salmon, cod, turkey. Okay. And so on. Yeah. Awesome. So I'm also going to be providing a printable grocery list on beyondthebooty.com. So you can actually go there in the subscriber spot. It's a special spot if you are a subscriber where you have access to different printables. And I'm going to be putting a printable grocery list in there that you can print out, take to the grocery store. So it's really gonna give you some more information on what you should be eating. And an 80-20 rule is a pretty safe way to go, would you say? Yeah, that's what I I tell all of my clients. Can you explain what that means? So 80% of the time, you're eating clean, healthy foods. What does clean and healthy mean? We see that word clean eating so much in social media, but not everyone knows what that means. So the, the best way to understand if what you're eating is clean or not is to look at the ingredients list of the food. If you grab a can of beans, and the ingredient is anything other than that bean, it's not a clean food. 
if it's loaded with a bunch of preservatives and things like that, that's not a clean food. That's a food that's been prepared, processed. It's meant to sit on the shelf. You want as few ingredients as possible. So if your chicken is anything other than chicken, put it down. If your strawberries are in a, a container and they're loaded with sugar, that's added sugar, not the natural fructose, put them down. Okay, so basically don't buy fruit pie, buy the fruit. (laughs) I am a big fan of fruit pie. Unless it's your cheat day. Unless it's your cheat day. So eating clean basically means unprocessed, non-packaged. It's going to be the things that we talked about and the things that I'm going to be putting in the grocery list. Stay away from the healthy choice meals, the stuff like that. All those frozen meals, they're all garbage yeah our labels are so misleading in the grocery store i mean when it says no high fructose corn syrup healthy choice things like that you still have to read your ingredients and calories matter more than anything especially if you're trying to lose weight correct right the math never will lead you wrong yeah math is always right if you're eating more calories than your body needs you're going to gain weight if you're eating less calories than your body needs you're going to lose weight okay perfect And then there is a calorie intake that you should be taking based on your size. I'm five feet tall, 115 pounds at the moment. Um, So I should be taking in about 1,400 calories if I want to build muscle. Um, If you're trying to build muscle, probably somewhere in the 15 to 1,600 range. Uh, That's a whole calculation that's based on individual activity and, and everything else. So age, height, weight, activity level. Do people have access to that calculator? Yeah, you can go online. You can pull up any um, basal metabolic rate uh, calculator. That's going to give you your resting metabolic rate. And then there will be modifiers on there for activity level. So you can multiply that number by 1.5 or 2, depending on what you're doing. And if I'm 5 feet tall and 115 pounds but want to lose 5 pounds, where should my calories be? Probably in the... Twelve to thirteen hundred range. Okay, so if I'm trying to gain muscle, I mean that's just kind of a little bit of a. That's really rough guessing. It, it's really yeah. rough guessing, but um, at least it kind of gives people an idea that you shouldn't be eating nine hundred calories. No, you and need... you shouldn't be eating three thousand calories unless you're really bulking as a or five extremely foot. Extremely active. <laughs> a five foot tall, one hundred and fifteen pound woman yeah. probably shouldn't be eating thirty five hundred calories. No, unless you're running fifteen miles a day. Yeah. Well, I guess it's all just dependent on what you're doing in your activity level as well. Yes. The last thing you want to do is be under eating. Yeah. Consistently. We've both done that in our life. That For sure. That does not do well. No, you, you put your body into starvation mode and you'd be surprised at how much fat you can keep eating 700 calories a day. Okay, let's talk about that because that's so important. I hear so many people say, I'm barely eating. I'm eating one meal a day. I mean, I have girlfriends that say this. I'm eating one meal a day and I'm gaining weight. Why is that happening? Because your body is panicked. It's freaking out. It's holding on to everything that it can. So the most efficient fuel for your body to hold on to is fat. It can store it and burn it later. It lasts the longest. It's kind of like the slow burning fuel in our bodies. So it's going to burn through everything else, going to burn through your muscle tissue because that's easier to use up. That doesn't need to be held on to for anything. So it's going to hold on to the fat when you're in this constant starvation mode. So the most efficient way for your body to burn fat in a healthy way is for you to feed it the appropriate amount of calories and nutrients. Absolutely. So everything has to be balanced. Going back to cheat meals, that's another reason why I, I 
keep them in there is because if you're if you're losing weight, this is especially for losing weight. If you're losing weight, you're eating at a caloric deficit consistently. So your metabolism is eventually going to slow down. There's no two ways about it. If you're eating less calories than you need, it will slow down, period. So that cheat day, you want to go like one and a half times your normal calorie intake, maybe two times, depending on how much you can actually eat. But it's kind of going to reset your metabolism a little bit too. So that cheat day can actually lead to more weight loss than if you had skipped that cheat day. Because that extra surplus in calories keeps your metabolism up, lets your body know that it's okay. It doesn't have to freak out and go into starvation mode. Great. There's going to be more information on the blog if you want to read about it. If you have questions, leave them for me in the comments and I'll be happy to go to rest. Yes. <laughs> Ask him for the... Uh, the information and then get back to you on that if I don't you know the answer. You could also just send them to my website. Or you can send them to your website, yes. which would be much easier. Take out the middleman. You do not need to go <laughs> to me, actually. Just go directly to you. And you're on Instagram as well. You're at Dynamis, which is D-Y-N-A-M-I-S. Training. Training. Yes. It's all one word? All one word. Dynamis Training. At Dynamis Training. At Dynamis Training on Instagram. Perfect. So you can follow him there, click the contact button. He's really great about that. So, all right, let's talk about sleep. Ah. Sleep is one of those things that we, underrated. All, we all need more of. Um, I know there were years and years where I probably operated on about two hours of sleep. Um, just when I was in, you know, caregiving mode with Matt, we just went through so much where I wasn't sleeping for a very long time. And then after he passed away, I had a really hard time sleeping because I was constantly in hotel rooms and there's been studies that now show that when you're in hotel rooms, you out, actually never go into REM because your body's in fight or flight yes, constantly. Yes, any foreign uh, space. Yeah. So I haven't, I didn't sleep for many, many, many years. I'm now getting seven hours of sleep consistently, which is a beautiful thing. But why is sleep so important and why do we need a certain amount of it? Yeah, that's your body's time to clean itself out. That's when your, your body cleans everything out for the day. It processes everything. It stores all the memories. It stores everything you've learned. It cleans your brain out. It allows your muscles to heal. It's such an active time inside of your body. Your hormones are regulated when you sleep. So to cheat yourself of your sleep is one of the worst things that you can do for your body, especially if you're trying to lose weight. There's study after study after study that shows that chronic lack of sleep leads to weight loss or weight gain. I'm sorry. Um, you have him hormonal imbalances that happen because you don't sleep enough. You have a stress response that's out of control. Your adrenal glands never get to reset. Your brain never gets to clean out. Um, yeah, the... There's a whole host of reasons why not sleeping is bad for you. So how do people get better sleep? How do they get to sleep earlier? We're all so addicted to our phones. We're all watching Netflix and doing other things. Is there anything that you recommend that would help people get to bed earlier? And do they need to get to bed earlier? I know there's a lot of school of thought Ooh. now that you should, you know, waking up earlier is better. But what, what are your thoughts about that? That's, that's a huge conversation. Let's tackle one of those things at a time. Let me give you three things that you can do to get, to get better sleep right now. One, bring the temperature in your room down. The colder the room, somewhere around 65, 64, 66, in that range is ideal for sleeping. It allows your body to relax and turn off. 
The second thing is darkness. The darker your room, the better. Any light that's coming in, even with your eyes closed, is still going in. Light triggers different responses in your in your brain, and it'll keep you awake. It'll keep your body from producing melatonin so that you fall asleep. And the third thing is to turn your phone off at least an hour and a half before you go to bed, or at least put it in night mode and turn the brightness down. That blue light coming off of your phone, the blue light coming off of your TV, your laptop, all of those things, even after you turn them off, still affecting your body's ability to produce melatonin and it's still going to affect your sleep okay speaking of melatonin and then i didn't forget to come back to time of day and when to sleep because i know that's been a hot topic um Mm -hmm. a lot of successful people suggest that everyone should go to sleep early and wake up at 4 a.m to be the most productive but you and i don't really believe that um there's a reason for that but Let's talk about melatonin. Okay. I I know for a long time when I couldn't sleep, melatonin was suggested for me. And I probably tried five different brands of melatonin, including a prescription brand, <laughs> and none of it worked for me. I It did not keep me asleep. And I think I thought at the time that melatonin was supposed to help you stay asleep, but that's not the case. That's not the case. That's not what it's used for. Melatonin is actually a hormone. So when you take that little pill, you're actually taking a a hormone in pill form. All melatonin does is reduces the time it takes for you to fall asleep. It has nothing to do with how long you sleep or the quality of your sleep, just how quickly you fall asleep. Okay. And if you take melatonin for too long, can that have a negative effect on you? Yeah, your your body can stop producing melatonin on its own. Just like any other hormone um, that you would take that is produced naturally, the longer you take it supplementally, the less your body feels the need to produce it. So it will shut that process down or limit it. Okay. And time of day. Should everyone sleep at 9 p.m. Uh, and wake up at 5 a.m.? I, I, I have a hard time believing that because I don't believe that God created robots, number one. And I don't believe that everyone is the most productive in the morning. There's so many in people that are most productive at night. But what's your thought on that? Well, my thought on that is that that's nonsense. <laughs> <There's>, <laughs> Tell me why. There is no universal time to sleep and there's no study that backs that up that getting up at four o'clock in the morning is better for you it's all based on your genetics some people are wired to be more productive in the evening uh, some people are more productive in the morning if you're out of your natural sleep cycle you're gonna have a problem it doesn't matter if you've been getting up at five o'clock in the morning every day for years if you are not a morning person that is your least productive time yeah so if you're an Uh, a night owl the best thing for you to do is to sleep until eight or nine o'clock or ten o'clock or whatever it is because your best most productive time is going to be later in the day so if you're trying to optimize your work if you're trying to optimize your life knowing where you're at with that is a key that you need to really figure out i think that's going to free a lot of people because you and i have both talked to so many people that um you know talk about trying to wake up you know early in the morning because they heard somewhere that that's what they should do but um okay great i think that's going to free a lot of people i think a lot of people are going to be excited about that so all right last or no not last because we're talking about hydration still yeah let's talk about hydration let's talk about water water (laughs) what about water source of life (laughs) the source of life yes absolutely Um, let's talk about it 
dehydration is a real problem these days everybody's drinking coffee everybody's drinking soda they're drinking all these uh, salt-filled sports drinks and things like that and they're neglecting to drink water if you're not taking in water you're hurting your body you're going to have a constant level of dehydration that keeps you tired keeps you crabby dry skin acne brittle hair all of these things come from being slightly dehydrated on a regular basis so basically drink more water drink however more water. Instagram tells you everyone should be drinking a gallon of water. I see gallon water pictures all over the place. There's people that are working out that are suggesting that, a ga- you know, they're in the gallon water club. That can be extremely dangerous. There's people with heart conditions and other things that should not be drinking a gallon of water. So number one, consult your doctor before doing anything. But why is a gallon of water, why has that become a fad? Uh, it's just an, uh, any. Like anything else that's out there, somebody drank a gallon of water every day for two weeks and lost five pounds and turned it into an Instagram story. <laughs> There's no science behind it. Yes, drinking more water, it will help you lose weight because it makes you feel fuller. Yeah. You know, it's going to keep you from overeating. If you have a glass of water before your meal, you're going to eat less food. It's going to take less to make you feel full. So what is a kind of a general rule for how much water you should be drinking? If you're thirsty, drink. Okay. If, if you stick with that you're going to be just fine. Yeah. If you're thirsty, drink a glass of water. There are days though, because I eat low sodium where I'm not thirsty. So I don't think about water. So I try to at least drink eight glasses of water minimum. Um, And then if I can drink more, if I'm working out or if I'm super active, then I will drink more water because my body will be asking for it. But I think... Usually if your urine is clear, that's a good sign that you're pretty hydrated. I mean, yeah, that that's a general thing that you can look at to know if you're hydrated or dehydrated. Yeah. Right? So if you go to the bathroom and it's bright yellow, you need to drink some water. Now, for people that hate water, because I used to be one of those people, I hated water. Like, I despised it because <laughs> I can taste water and I can, like, tell the difference between you know viscosity is that the right word where you can tell if it's thicker or thinner yeah yeah i don't know if that's the right word as it relates to water because i don't speak typically oil but (laughs) we're gonna use it for water today we're gonna use it for water today because nadal doesn't know i have no idea um so (laughs) so what can we do to make water more exciting and there's so many people that hate water Uh, you could um put fruit into it you take your water and you get like a a, a two liter glass container, cut up some fruit, strawberries and lemons, lime, something like that. Just sit it in there, let it sit in the fridge overnight. Tastes those, like spa water. Right. Those <laughs> those flavors are going to kind of build into the water and then you just drink it the next day. You get a little bit of extra nutrients with your water. Yeah. That's and one I, way to make it more exciting. I know there's people that like to go and buy a really nice jug and fill it and then drink that through the day. I mean, I guess whatever excites you about drinking more yeah. water, the and, bottom line is drink more water yes. coffee and tea are mostly water too so you can count your cup of coffee as a oh you can count your cup of coffee as water yeah oh that's exciting caffeine like coffee is also a diuretic so it's going to make you pee a little bit more yeah but it's you're still drinking water you're okay. still being hydrated it's the, the the salty stuff that you want to stay away from gatorade powerade those kind of things are not optimal for hydration unless you're actually active and you need to replace the sodium yeah okay all right, finally, the thing that most people had known nothing about, including myself, I've had to learn a lot. I know some, and I'm taking a few things that I absolutely love, um, but supplements. 
Mm-hmm. Let's talk supplements. I know there's some basic things that you can do that can have a positive impact, um, but you don't need to go crazy with supplements either. So let's talk about what you think about supplements and what are some things that you should definitely do and then some things that maybe you don't have to do. Well, supplements are just that. They're supplements to your diet. So if you're lacking a particular vitamin, say you're a vegan and you're missing B12 or something, then obviously you have to supplement with B12. If you live in uh, the northern states in in the U.S. during the winter, you need to supplement with vitamin D. The sun is too far away for your body to make vitamin D naturally. So you definitely got to do that. If you're not eating fish, it's helpful to take a fish oil supplement that's got a high uh, EPA and DHA content in it. That's going to help your brain. It's going to help your joints, your hair, your muscle growth, your hormone balance, everything. Those are the things that kind of are are really good to, to look into. Just some basics. Yeah, those are the basics. Um, multivitamins, it depends on your diet. It doesn't hurt. You know, if, if you're just want to be careful and make sure that you're covering all your bases a good quality multivitamin is good most of those one pill ones are nonsense there's no way you can get enough quality nutrients into one pill so you you look for the ones that are two or three at a time that's going to give you the best bang for your buck if you're going to spend the money on a multivitamin it might as well be a good one okay now i currently take i'm over 40 um so i do take a a daily vitamin even though i feel like i eat pretty well i eat fairly clean um but i do take a daily vitamin a vitamin d because my doctor told me that i should probably be taking a vitamin d supplement i do a fish oil and then i put collagen in my coffee every morning so i am actually going to be linking all of the products that i love and use on my blog at beyondthebooty.com i have a favorite section all the things that i love and i use because i've used many 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 (laughs) things out there um i've spent a lot of money through trial and error trying different products and different vitamins and different collagens and different greens Um, and i have some that are just now tried and true that i absolutely love so i'm going to be linking to that um takes you directly to amazon and you can buy it there um, if you'd like to take up to take a look at that page But um, so in terms of people that start working out, there's a lot of information on what you should be taking post-workout, pre-workout, all this stuff. And it can be very, very confusing, even for someone like me that's been in the fitness world, I guess I'll say, as a non-professional for the last three and a half years. It's very confusing for me. I don't know exactly what I should be taking before and after. I mean, I figured it out at this point, but what do you suggest that some very basic things if someone's gonna be getting started that they should definitely be doing and then some things that they do not need to be doing? Um, well, really, you don't need to be doing anything. All those supplements are gonna give you minor increases in the benefits that you see from your exercise. There's a handful of really good research-backed ingredients out there, caffeine being one of them. Caffeine is great. It's a good little pick-me-up for energy. It's going to make you a little bit stronger. It's going to help you focus a little bit better. You're going to burn a few more calories with it. Um, The other one being creatine. Creatine is, next to caffeine, the most research-backed workout supplement out there. It's going to give you more energy, more energy in your muscles. It's going to allow your body to create more ATP, which is fuel for your muscles, for your brain, for everything else. It's going to help you add mass to your body a little bit if that's your goal, mostly in men, not so much in women. Um, But it draws water into the muscles, so it makes you look a little bit bigger too. 
So that's really the only two that have a, a whole wealth of research behind them. And then you have a few outliers, things like beta alanine and citrulline, arginine. Okay. Um, I wouldn't worry too much about those right now. What about protein? Taking protein after your workout. What are your thoughts on that? Um, if you find yourself lacking in your daily protein intake, then yeah, protein shake after your workout is going to help you out. But it's not a necessity. You okay. can skip it. Um, there's a whole lot of quote unquote research out there that says that taking a protein shake within 30 minutes of your workout is an absolute must or you're going to lose all of your gains. The only people that really advertise that are protein com companies that are selling you protein powder. That's not actually true. There is no magic anabolic window pre or post workout where you have to have protein. Okay. It's all uh, an aggregate of the whole day. So if you've taken in enough protein during that day, you're going to build muscle, lose weight, whatever your goal might be. I personally like doing a protein shake after I work out because I just, I'm hungry after I work out, if I've lifted weights and it's just an easy intake of protein that, you know, I can just take down. I know you do a protein shake after as well, but you're saying it's not necessary if you don't want to spend the money on a protein right. shake. It's not going to make or break your right. results. So if you want to leave the gym and go eat chicken... By and all means. a meal, that's yeah. okay too. That's a, actually a better alternative. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. And, whole and, food versus powdered food is always going to be yeah. skewed towards whole food. So um, there is the creatine. When should you be taking that? I know that that's something that we both take because that is something that's very simple. Like you said, there's a lot of science that backs it. It's great for your recovery and everything else. When should you be taking that? Um, you should be ignoring the way it's marketed on your package. So it tells you to take three to five grams once a day. Your body really only absorbs about a gram of it at a time. So you want to kind of split that dose up. You take a gram in the morning, a gram in the afternoon, and then a gram like in the evening. What is a gram? Like a teaspoon? Um, so most creatine comes with a scooper that's five grams. Oh, okay. So a you just kind of, of eyeball a fifth of that scooper. Okay. It doesn't have to be perfect. Whatever your body can't use at that time, you're just going to, you know, evacuating your urine anyway okay so you want to take creatine potentially a protein powder or not if you want to eat a whole meal right everything else is kind of optional it's yeah it's really optional and then how do you feel about pre-workout i don't take a pre-workout personally guys because <sighs> i have a sensitivity to caffeine i actually can't even drink coffee at high levels so i've switched over from coffee to matcha green tea and that works really well for me um, if I take a pre-workout, I might die. <laughs> so I, on the other hand, you, on the other hand, take a lot of pre-workout. I love pre-workout. Love pre-workout, and I know so many people that love pre-workout and can't believe that I get the kind of pump I do without pre-workout. But I, I don't need it. I guess I don't know. I yeah, don't do well with it. You don't need it. It's not a. It's not required. But it's a thing that I started doing when I first started working out. So I would drink the pre-workout. And then I would know that 30 minutes from now, 
I have to be in the gym. Because it makes you tingle. So you, <laughs> you start to get that tingling about 15 minutes into it. Yeah. And that's kind of your sign that it's almost time to go. Yeah. So it's a little alarm clock for you. It, it just becomes a novelty more than anything. Here's what I will say about pre-workout. Make sure you read the labels. Pre-workouts yes. can be very, very dangerous. There's a lot of pre-workouts out there that have come to market and then been banned later because they've hurt people. If you have a heart condition, if you, first of all, consult your doctor, do not take our advice, but there's some that have a lot more caffeine than others. Some have up to four cups of caffeine in a scoop. Oh, more than that. Four cups of coffee, more than that. Okay, so be careful, especially if you have a caffeine sensitivity and you're interested in a pre-workout, you wanna make sure you're looking at those milligrams of caffeine, correct? Okay. Do not take it within like four or five hours before you're gonna try to go to bed either. Because even if, there's people that will say, I can drink a cup of coffee and go to bed. Yes. Yes, you can. You can drink a cup of coffee and you can go to bed, but your sleep is going to be impacted. There is no debate about that whatsoever. Caffeine in your system lowers the quality of your sleep 10 out of 10 times. So if you're working out at 5 o'clock in the evening, do not go slam a 400 milligram caffeine pre-workout. No. Yes. Probably don't do that anyway ever at any time of day in my opinion yeah i just think that's dangerous i'm a little bit different than that well you also have tried a lot of things and know what works for your body but that could be extremely dangerous for a lot of people well yeah if you have a caffeine sensitivity if you drink a cup of coffee and you get jittery the last um section of the supplement store you should be shopping is the pre-workout one (laughs) (laughs) you need to stay away from that so basically let me recap supplements um consult your doctor number one number two Take a multivitamin at the least is going to be okay. That's pretty safe overall. Mm -hmm. Um, Any additional vitamins, obviously if you want a D or an omega, fish oil, things like that, those are pretty basic things. Now, touching on those a little bit, some of the vitamins, especially D and A and K, do have a toxicity level that you have to be careful to avoid. And there are certain people that have genetic... um, different genes in their body where they don't process vitamin D or vitamin A or vitamin K or vitamin C even the same way as everybody else. So check with your doctor, get the, get your vitamin levels checked before you start doing this, especially with vitamin D. Yeah. It's really easy to go in and get your vitamin D level checked. You might not be deficient. Yeah. You might be really high. And then if you start taking a whole bunch of supplemental vitamin D on top of that, you could do more harm than you think. Okay. So the basics here are a multivitamin. Does D usually come in a multivitamin? Yes. Most of them have some level of vitamin D in them. But not extra. Extra. You're talking about like supplementing extra D on top of the multivitamin. Right. So if you're taking a lower dose of vitamin D, say 600 IUs to 1,000 IUs, you don't really have to worry too much about toxicity. But there are vitamin D supplements out there that are 5,000 and 10,000 IUs. And if you are not deficient in vitamin D, you're going to be potentially doing a lot of harm to your body. Okay. So basically consult your doctor when it comes to any type of vitamin. I think that's probably a a good general rule. And then if you are working out and you want to take a protein um, after a protein shake, that's great. I have one that I love. I'm linking to that on beyondthebooty.com as well in my favorites. Um, It's one that is all natural, low sugar, low carbs, and comes from natural protein sources like salmon and different meats. So that's just one that I love, um, but and it's delicious. But you can tr- you can use whatever you want. So um, anything else we should know? Collagen. 
collagen. We never even talked about collagen. Yes, let's We talk both about use collagen every day, collagen, but we use it at different times. Collagen is amazing. We I, have differing um, views on how best to use collagen. Yeah, so I there's two things that have changed my life, collagen and my greens. Uh, my my greens, greens have, and I'm linking to my greens and my favorite things because I do not go a single day without my greens. It has changed my life. It's changed my skin. I'm actually really acne prone. I When I was growing up, I had acne all over my face as a teenager. I hated it. I was teased about it. My sister has perfect skin. I was the one that was doomed with horrible skin, oily skin. However, I'm grateful for my oily skin because now that I'm over 40, I don't have wrinkles, which... Your skin looks amazing. Which is an amazing thing. However, um, as an adult, um, I did start getting acne all over my back and my back was broken out for so long and there was nothing that was fixing it. And then I discovered this greens product and I don't know guys what in the greens product has cleared my back. Um, we but also have differing opinions on that. We do have differing opinions on that. I actually heard someone on Instagram say that you know, your acne could be a result of your probiotics and your gut health and all this. And I've never had an issue with my gut health. However, probiotics, I think, are pretty healthy in general. Fermented foods, things like that. Yogurts, things. I mean, those are the generally fermented healthy. food sources is the best way to get those. Yeah. And yes, gut health is related to a lot of different things in yeah. your body. It's really like your body's second brain. Yeah. And some would even say first. It has complete control over your body. It cleared my back completely. It did. Yeah. I'm telling you, it's the one thing that has anyway. cleared my back. He doesn't believe it. No, it's, I, it's not that I don't believe I it. I went years with back acne until I started taking this greens product regularly and my back has cleared up with a few exceptions of like hormonal breakouts here and there. Um, but it is the one thing outside of that though, outside of what it did for my skin, um, and it may not do it for everyone's skin. It just gives me energy. It's obviously healthy for you. It has a lot of incredible blends in it. On top of the probiotics, which you, you give all the credit to for the acne <laughs> thing. And it's, I'm not saying it's not possible, but there's also an amazing anti-stress and adaptogen blend in that particular yes. greens product. So taking that is going to help balance out the crazy hormones that, that come with a stressful job like you had, where you're yeah. traveling all the time, your cortisol's high all the time. There's ashwagandha, maca, ginseng, um, astragalus. All of that is in that greens product, and all of that is going to help lower your cortisol level and kind of keep your hormones in check, which is what I attribute most of the acne success to. Okay, well, that's fine. Whatever is in that greens product that you're now taking, my family's now taking, my mom's now taking, because it's such it's an, an amazing incredible product. product. It has so many amazing benefits. Um, so... I love it. I link to it on my favorites page on the blog so you can go there and see what it is. Make sure you run that by your doctor as well. Um, it has a lot of incredible blends. I mean, it's a greens product that you can buy on Amazon. So, Well, the, the thing that makes it worth running by your doctor is it's got all of those herbs in it. Yeah. And some of those do have interactions with different medications like blood pressure meds. Yeah, so if you're on um, medication. Cholesterol meds. Yeah. So you do definitely, if you're taking any kind of medication regularly, um, run that by your doctor and if you're pregnant of course run and if everything you're pregnant, by your doctor. definitely run that by your doctor because it does have maca in and it. maca does have some links to issues with pregnancy yeah so. and high doses high doses yeah. but you know but yes run everything by your doctor and what about collagen collagen Let's so you take that. collagen in the morning with your coffee i do and i take collagen at night before we go to bed yes collagen the general benefits obviously are, are the hair the skin 
the nails, the connective tissue in your body, it's all collagen. And the older we get, the less collagen our body produces naturally. So you have to kind of start supplementing with that at about 30. It's a good time to start doing that. The reason I take it at night is it's got the highest, uh, of, of any kind of protein that you can find out there, it's got a really high glycine content, and glycine helps you fall asleep and stay asleep. Oh, okay. And on top of that, it's also got really high arginine content. So arginine, while you're sleeping, helps your body produce growth hormone. Oh, okay. Got so it. Collagen so collagen for sleep, still get all the benefits. Collagen during the day, it's cool. You still get the skin and the hair and the connective tissue and all that stuff, but you're kind of missing out on those amazing sleep okay. benefits. Why haven't you told me? Why didn't I you have tell told me you this? this? You have not. I have. I told you. I take it at night before I go to bed. But you didn't explain why you took it oh, at night. I thought I did. No, you didn't. So Some secrets you keep to yourself. Apparently, he didn't want me to have any of those amazing sleep benefits. But um, <laughs> but my skin looks better. But your skin my looks hair better. grows extremely fast. And, um, and I just feel better overall. So those are two products that I absolutely love. I do have a collagen that I love that mixes with coffee if you do want to take it during the day. And it's flavorless even if you put it in water Absolutely. at night. Um, I've tried many collagens, guys. I've spent so much money on everything from skin products to different collagens, greens, proteins. I've probably tried everything under the sun. I'm one of those people that likes to try many, many different things. So when I'm recommending something, this is something that I use every single day that I love. I don't recommend things just for the sake of recommending a random product. So there is an earth tone collagen that I use um like i said it's linked under my favorite things so you can take a look at it there yeah awesome for injuries all kinds like collagen is amazing supplement yeah you were telling me to take that when i broke my leg yes yeah because it'll help to re replenish that connective tissue down there it'll help to restore the bones and everything else yes also helps to build muscle guys <laughs> guys don't take enough collagen guys should be taking collagen <laughs> you should too. be taking collagen okay collagen is a protein yes collagen does help build muscle it has a unique amino acid profile so definitely going to help with that um however collagen does not count towards your total protein number for the day okay it is not like that even though you take 12 grams of collagen that is not 12 grams of protein that does not count towards the you know 90 or 120 grams of protein you have to take every day okay speaking of protein every day you should be taking taking how much protein in? uh 0.7 grams per pound okay so if you're a 100 pound person about 70 to about 90 70 grams. grams 90 on the really really high end okay. but 70 to 80 because there's some information out there and i was doing this before yes. i started talking one, to one you. to two grams per pound of body weight yeah yes. i was taking in guys i was taking in 200 <laughs> grams of protein as a hundred pound person because someone told me that your poor kidneys <laughs> <laughs> that can really hurt your kidneys so don't take don't use excessive protein don't take an excessive protein excessive protein just like excessive sugar gets stored as fat yeah um it's just it's more of a process for your body to break it down to get it to that point awesome but it will be turned into sugar in your body yeah all right, guys, I hope that was helpful. Those are the five categories. Hope there are some things in there that you can take and start using right away. I think the general rule is sleep more. Sleep more. Make sure you're drinking sleep enough at the right water. Time. Sleep at the right time for you. Drink the right amount of water for your body. Um, shop, Get moving. Shop the perimeter of the grocery store so that yep. you're eating clean 80% of the time. Get moving. Uh, whatever that looks like for you, just don't be sedentary. 
And then finally, um, supplements, run them by your doctor. If you want to start with some very basic things, the greens may be a great way to go in the collagen, I would say. Greens and collagen. Yeah. Definitely start there. Fish oil. If you guys have any questions, Russ is the pro here. He also um, has online programs. You have incredible online programs that people can take advantage of. Yeah, if you're one of those people who's out there uh, Googling five bicep exercises or five (laughs) tricep exercises, you could skip all of that nonsense and just go to dynamist-fit.com. Because I will say there is a difference between Googling your exercises and randomly picking five of them like I did when I got started and having an actual program that makes sense because doing things in a specific order and doing specific exercises makes a difference. You get results faster and more effectively and more efficiently. Whereas if you're just kind of Googling like me because I didn't know anyone at the time and had no idea that I who a trainer even was, I was just trying to get started and doing my own thing, but yeah. there is a better way to do it. Yep, six uh, six exercises, randomly selected and done three times, 12 reps each is only gonna take you nowhere. So far, yeah. <laughs> I basically lost weight doing that, but yeah. I gained no muscle. It's pretty much just, you're, you're basically doing cardio. <laughs> yeah, you're basically doing cardio, but that's okay. That yeah. was a great starting it point is a good, for me. It's a good place to start. You know what it did for me? It got me in the gym and I stopped being intimidated. And that's the most important thing. And I created a habit. Yes. And that's what you talk about. Absolutely. All right. Dynamis training. Dynamis training on Instagram. On Instagram. Dynamis-fit.com. Dynamis-fit.com for the website if you want to look up any of the programs. And then what is your email in case people want to send you an email? Training at dynamis-fit.com. Training at dynamis-fit.com. And I will put all of that in the program notes so you guys can see it. If you wanna go to my blog to read about my personal journey, see before and after pictures, go to beyondthebooty.com. I will also link to Russ there. Um, And then you can go to my favorite section for everything that we talked about that I link to that I have tried and love. Um, If you do try them, please let me know what you think. Thank you for listening and have an amazing day.